Welcome to the What's What Weekly Wrap-Up. Today's show focuses exclusively on this week's features from the WFUV Newsroom. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Maya Sargent. And here are the stories we focused on this week. Every Tuesday, the What's What podcast brings you the latest sports headlines with our friends over at WFUV Sports. And this week, the hosts were joined by WFUV Sports Manager Julia Moss to discuss the latest basketball trade drama and Messi's MLS debut. All right, let's start with some trade talk in the NBA. What's going on with Chris Paul and the Suns? It's been quite a couple days, Caroline, but it's official. Chris Paul is a Washington Wizard, at least for now. This trade has been in the making for a minute, though. The Suns have reportedly been trying to get Chris Paul's giant contract off their books. That's so they can pay former Nets superstar Kevin Durant as well as their homegrown talent in Devin Booker. Paul is in the Paul is in the tail end of his illustrious NBA career, and the formerly perennial All-Pro has been dealing with injury after injury, and that's cost the Sun a lot in the past few seasons, both in terms of product on the floor and the money coming out of their pockets. Then you've got this other situation in D.C., where the Wizards are hitting the rebuild button hard, and their all-star point guard, Bradley Beal, wanted out, especially since the 29-year-old is due over $200 million over the next four years. So if the Wizards are trying to get money off their books, why are they trading for another player who makes just as much money as Beal? That's where things get interesting. While Bradley Beal still has four years and $200 million left on his deal, Chris Paul is going to be in the last year of his contract, meaning he could be a good trade asset for the Wizards in their rebuild or bought out of his deal if the team doesn't find a suitor. Or in the very least, the Wizards can use CP3's veteran experience to build a new culture in the nation's capital. Many people around the basketball world could have told you this trade was coming. That's unless you are Chris Paul himself. He reportedly was surprised about the trade, and in an interview with New York Times, the future Hall of Famer said his son broke the news to him over text. Quite the way to find out. And speaking of Hall of Famers, we know Messi is coming to the MLS. But Julia, when can we expect to see him on the pitch? Inter Miami announced that the new star Lionel Messi... Inter Miami announced that their new star, Lionel Messi, is eyeing an MLS debut July 27th as they are set to take on Cruz Azul in the League's Cup in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It's clear the fans are excited, to say the least, as the lowest prices are in the 1300s just for one ticket. Messi is proving he still has a lot to give recently as well, coming off an amazing international performance where he scored the fastest goal of his career just 79 seconds into the game against Australia in a friendly last week. I know as a personal soccer fan, I'm definitely excited to see Messi come and play in the States, but let's zoom in on New York. I heard the Mets finally got some positive news. New York Mets lead hitter Pete Alonso was struck by a pitch just under two weeks ago, which led to a wrist sprain and contusion that usually sidelines athletes for three to four weeks. However, Alonso is way ahead of schedule and has already returned to the lineup just 11 days after the injury. It's a much-needed return as the Mets have seemingly been free-falling from the standings, sitting at a disappointing 34-38 and record. Julia Moss is the manager of WFV Sports. Thanks, Julia, for coming on our show. Thanks for having me. That was WFUV's Christina Lulich and Caroline Ely getting the lowdown on this week's sports headlines from WFUV sports manager Julia Moss. June is Pride Month, and here at WFUV News, we're celebrating by sharing stories highlighting queer voices in New York City. Over the past year, drag performers have been at the center of a culture war facing attacks around the country. 
So this week, I spoke with some local performers about how they're combating drag phobia. If you step into a gay bar in Hell's Kitchen, you wouldn't think anything has changed. Dancing crowds, lip-syncing performers, and generous pours of liquor keep the heart of the city's queer nightlife beating. But Brooklyn Bridges, a New York City-based drag queen, says there's been some palpitations. I know from like on a personal level myself and many of the people I've performed with, there's been times where I'm just like, I don't feel like something's going to bad is going to happen tonight. I just have this anxiety kind of gnawing at me that all it takes is one hateful person to come in and do something abhorrent. And Bridges' feelings aren't isolated. Her fellow drag queen Lana Del Trey says recent hostility towards performers has stoked fears within the broader drag community. I definitely think there's an overall eerie sense within all of us. Because, you know, we've always been like side-eyeing, making sure nobody's about to mess with us. But now it's almost like next level because you notice even more people looking at you and not in just a curious way. It's like in a, oh, I saw that drag step on the news way. Over the past few months, drag performers like Bridges and Del Trey have become the targets of conservative media and politicians. And in that time frame, state legislators have introduced more than 30 anti-drag bills to restrict where and who these queens can perform for. In states like Texas and Tennessee, anti-drag bills have become part of a landscape of drag phobia infiltrating the country. But Bridges says that drag performers are often at the front lines of queer resistance. There's this like double-edged sword where one drag queens are taking all the attacks, but also there's kind of this expectation that the community can look up to drag queens. And drag queens are incredibly strong, resilient beacons of light. And so on one end, while they're receiving all these attacks, they're also the ones speaking out against them. While the recent attacks on drag might feel sudden, Ron Goldberg says that's not the case. He's the author of the book Boy with the Bullhorn and an early gay rights activist with Act Up New York. Goldberg says dragphobia is just the latest byproduct of our country's relationship with the LGBTQ community. There's a real desire, which is an authoritarian desire, to cut off connections, cut off history, cut off information. And you do that by demonizing. You do that by making people other. But Deltrey attributes the recent attacks on drag to a more pointed problem, the misunderstanding between drag queens and mainstream audiences. For her, helping the general public understand her art is crucial to breaking down those barriers. Like, I get too philosophical because I'm like, drag is kind of like just the performative aspect of life itself. Like, it's like the way that RuPaul says that you're born naked and the rest is drag. Like, kind of everything that we create is drag, but... Technically, I mean, it would be someone amplifying their gender expression in an artistic way. At its core, Goldberg says drag has always been about one thing, uplifting and affirming queer voices. And he says that the suppression of drag by our current culture war should be a red flag to everyone. We lose our culture. We lose what is uniquely queer. We lose that perspective. It takes away a person's ability to express themselves how they how they want and how they can and to assert their presence in the world that's dangerous whether it's drag or anything else for performers like brooklyn bridges recent attacks on drag shows have added stress to her livelihood and art form and while she's optimistic about the future 
She says damage has already been done to her community. We're losing a huge outlet of creativity. We are creating this cultural anxiety around what people look like, how people act, how people make art. And um, it's going to leave a hole in the history of this country that's pretty gray, where it could be rather colorful. I'm David Escobar, WFUV News. That was my co-host, David Escobar, talking with local drag performers about how they're combating the recent rise in drag phobia. And that's it from us. But you can check out the What's What weekly wrap-up every Friday for more features exclusively from the WFUV newsroom. And make sure to check out the WFUV What's What daily podcast. It explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues surrounding the New York metropolitan area. And it includes features and interviews just like the ones you heard exclusively from FUV. You can catch new episodes every weekday at 3, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, or find out more at WFUVnews.org. I'm Maya Sargent. And I'm David Escobar. 